But it is 12 o'clock, which means it is time to bring you the lunch hour of the Ultimate oh Clean Sports God. Show, sponsored by Colleague Racing. Colleague Racing, the official NASCAR team of Northeast <laughs> Ohio. Crazy. So keep it going. I'm working with Jay back here. Yeah. Uh, he's at Progressive Field. I talked to him. He sent me a picture. He's chilling. He just can't I, I figure out how to get so, in. So. I watched something on the internet caught me. Um, uh, Jose Ramirez did an interview. And Jose, I don't know if you caught this. Jose, the one where, where Andre Knott went to his home? Yeah. And, he, and yeah. so he was saying that, you know, his goals of what he wanted to do. He said, you know, obviously he wants to win a championship. He uh, wants to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and right. he talked about one of the reasons why he wanted to stay here. And I thought it was a, a really good interview because, you know, it's funny because he has a personality, even though he can't speak English or well, he can, he can he, but he's yeah. not comfortable right, in front right. of the camera yeah. using it. Like he, he really was, he were, he really spoke highly about how he wanted to be here and why he signed that deal. And it was crazy because he, he's one of the most passionate dudes I've seen talk about being in the city of Cleveland. Like, yo, I'm going to retire here. I, I thought it was a really good interview. And just, you know, when you talk about the MVP, I mean, he started off. I mean, I mean, has he started off better? I mean, he's hitting safely in what seven, eight games in a yeah. row. Um, yeah. I mean, just, it, as long as Shohei Otani's playing, it's going to be hard for anybody else to win right. an MVP. <laughs> and obviously, Aaron Judge hit sixty-two. Well, how many did he finish? Sixty-three crazy. home runs last year. So, like, it's hard. But the guy finishes in the top five for the MVP like every year. He's such a good player, and he doesn't like you look at him, and he doesn't look like a great athlete, but he is right. He's like a little pudgy. Yeah, he don't even look like it. But, uh, man, he is a great athlete and has been one of the most consistent players for years. And, and what he said was he wants to be a Hall of Famer, finally. Yeah. Well, he's on that now, track. Is, 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 so, is he? Do I you, think he's do, on. I mean, he's got to do it for a number of more years, but I think he's on a Hall of Fame track, yes. We got Jay. Beautiful-looking shot from Progressive Field is where we find our guy Jay Crawford. What's up, Jay? Oh, damn. <laughs> it kind of uh, looks like a fake feels background. like football weather. No, it's not. It's very real. But I'll tell you this: it feels like um, it feels like football weather, guys. It's uh, the temperatures in the in the low 40s. The problem isn't the air temperature; it's the wind. Um, it's a nice stiff breeze today. It's uh, it's blowing in from right field. It's I bet the I, we have a wind chill probably in the low 30s. But oh. hey, it doesn't matter. It's baseball weather because the schedule says it is. That's right. And there is a. It's funny. A lot of buzz downtown in the area around Progressive Field. Obviously, the game doesn't start till four, but I think Clevelanders are fired up. They, the, the momentum from last year is carried over, and they want some baseball. Yeah, it's, at least it's sunny today. At least it's not supposed to rain or anything like that. It is unfortunate that Good it's point. so cold because it was warmer earlier in the week. It's supposed to be very warm next week. So it's, 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 a, it's kind of – although next week we got the Yankees coming to town, so that should be fun. But I, I love this ta- – you know, this is really interesting, Jay, because we were just talking – I don't know if you heard about, like, how long a leash does Savali have? How long? And obviously, he was great in his first start. But certainly, Plesak, like, how long will they put up with him if he doesn't pitch well? And I think Savali, not just because he was better in his first start. I just think Savali has a, lo- a much longer leash than Plesak does. I, I'll get your take on that. But I think this start in particular is very interesting for him because he just pitched against the Mariners last week. And so if he pitches well against a good lineup two times in a row, I think that really shows you something. We'll see who, you know, because they're going to adjust to him. Will he be able to make those readjustments? Be interesting. Yeah, that's a great point. He shut that lineup down last week. He went seven innings, allowed just two hits, no runs, pitched very well. I know you're a little bullish 
if you don't mind me using that term. Um, I, I think on Plezak and on Savali, right? Like you, you're not sure on either guy. And, and I, I'm with you on Plezak, but I I'm think Savali's way, I, ready to I, go. Jay, I, I would say I'm definitely much lower on Plezak than Savali. Like Savali, yeah. yeah. I need to see more because I'm okay with him. But I don't, I, I, unless he shows me consistently, I'll never trust him more than a fourth starter until I see it more consistently. Plesak, I, I don't trust at all. And, and, you I know, know you he's going to yeah. have to show me a lot more than Savali does. Plesak is frustrating because sometimes he can look really good. Yes. Um, I saw him in spring training and he got knocked around pretty good. And then he had a talk with Tito. Jason told us when he was out in Arizona that Tito went to him and said, look, will you calm down? Uh, you never pitch well in spring training. He went out his next effort. I think he threw six innings of one hit ball and looked great. So what's frustrating about Plezak is, you know, he can be very, very good. And then he can be frustratingly bad as he was in his opener in Seattle. But with Savali now, I think we also should point out that both pitched with injury last year. So I think you have to factor that into the equation. But I just like Savali's stuff. I have since since he came up with this club. Uh, I think last year hopefully is going to be more of a speed bump than anything else. If he can pitch like he did in his opening start, it wasn't just uh, – I, I, I thought he, he had command of everything. He worked in and out. He worked all over the strike zone. He threw strikes. He got guy. he was frustrating guys with his change of speeds. And if he can do that this year, you know, I think he's a very, very, very solid number four starter. And like, let's face it, Bull, I know that – we're looking at Plezak and saying we're not convinced right now and he's going to have to show us more. But if you have, and this is obviously, you know, hoping that McKenzie is healthy, but if you have Bieber and McKenzie at the front of the rotation, okay. I think that's I think that's as good a one-two punch as there is in Major League Baseball. I mean, you can quibble, and I'm sure there are teams that feel they have a better one-two, but that's that's a very workable one-two. And then you get down to to Quantrill at the three, and if Savali can resurrect his 21 season, I think that's a very solid starting four, and you can do a lot of damage with that starting four. Still like to have another one. You can never yeah. have enough. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. You know, we were, G was just asking me about Bibby, and, or Bybee. I keep wanting to call him Bibby. Bybee. Yeah, and, I know. And, right, and when he's going to make his debut like obviously he's got great stuff Gavin Williams has great stuff they're both healthy right now Williams pitching in double a Bobby's going to be pitching is pitching in triple a you know at least at least at that position there are potential options if those guys get off to good starts you know I I think by May we you know if police not getting it done or Gaddis is not getting it done although he did pitch well the second game uh we could definitely see Bobby by May I think yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, even if it was a spot start where he came up, made a start, and went right. back down. I think what, what the organization wants to do is see what he has against right. big league hitters. And the time to do that isn't September, it's it's May. So yep. if you can you know, kick the tires on him for a patchwork start where he's just trying to bridge to get you to the next guy, and obviously they're going to need some of that with McKenzie on the, on the shelf for a while, I think we'll see him. I'd love to see Williams just again to see what those guys have. Yep. And so if they do get a late call up, they're not wide eyed with their first major league exposure. But I think Tito handles that brilliantly. You know that bull. He brings guys up in May, gives them a little bit of experience. Then when they do have the late season call up in September, 
they're not. I mean, we saw that with Will Brennan last year. They're not so awestruck by you know their first experience being in the midst of a pennant race or God forbid in a playoff series. Uh, Jay, let me ask you a question. So if you're breaking the season in thirds, right? Let's break it into thirds. Right. The first third of the season, what are you looking for uh, the Guardians' record to be in the first third of the season as a pill? And then take me through the rest of the other thirds. This, the, let me know if we're on track here or, or we have problems. Yeah. So it's interesting, Brad, because I, that's the way I always look at the season. I know a lot of folks like to look at it in halves, but I like to look at it in thirds because I think it's when you're playing six months, it's easier to do that. Now, right. the problem with gauging the Guardians through the first third of the season is they're most likely going to be without their second best starting pitcher. So I would say just tread water. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't have to, you know, if, if you break it up uh, into, you know, 45 or 50 game stints, yeah, 50 you know, stints. Try, try, try to be, you know, 28 and 22. Uh, if you can somehow come out of that first stretch and be a couple of games over 500 okay. without your number two starter, I think you're in great position once he comes back to really do work in that second quarter, which would be June and July. And then if everybody stays healthy, and that's, of course, a big if, but if everybody stays healthy, you're ready and, and, and primed to go for the August-September last third of the season. But, hell, they're off to a 5-2 and two start. They open yeah. in first place. And I talked to some guys in, in Arizona and everyone, I, I don't want to say that there was a sense of urgency because that's overstating it. But obviously, you want to come out of the gate hot and fast. And I think they've done that. So coming home in first place with a 5-2 and two record, I think that keeps a lot of the buzz that we saw in this city last year in October. Mm -hmm. It's easier for them to buy in that they're going to do it again. If they were 2-5, and five, there would be a lot of skepticism locally right. as to whether or not they can repeat what they did last year. You know, you know Jay... Let's talk about who's not started off uh, hot. Um, uh, Josh Bell, two for twenty-two. Um, he struggled a little bit at the at the plate. Little, um, little bit. Yeah, little I would bit, say. Little bit. I, sometimes when you struggle early, <laughs> it's, it's you know you could just be you know maybe you hit some balls hard to different people, right at people. Maybe you know <laughs> say you had a couple of bad bounces go your way. What have you seen from his plate appearances? Um, how have you liked his his approach up there? Uh, and then secondly, uh, Arias, um, what have you seen from his play appearances as well? Obviously, they look like they're going to use him as a platoon guy all over the infield um, to spot right. uh, spell people. Uh, those two guys, what have you seen so far uh, early on with those guys? Well, again, it's really early and a week is just too small a sample size to start making any general observations. Um, but obviously, you're concerned about Josh Bell. Um, he's had a lot. I, I, I think he's, um, I don't know what his strikeout numbers are. Bull, you may know that to me without looking at the numbers, it seems like he's struck out a lot. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's never a good sign. It's one thing if you're hitting 091 and you're hitting liners and you're hitting, you know, you just, they're not dropping, but when you're having at bats that you're ending in strikeout more often than not, uh, that's a little reason to be concerned. Look, he's a new guy. Um, as much as players tell you that it's all the same, it's not. Everything's different. His clubhouse is different. His teammates are different. Obviously, he hasn't had any home games yet. But, you know, I, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the buildings on fire and 1 being I'm not concerned at all, I'm probably a 6, maybe a 7. You know, I want to I see him put a couple of good games together for his confidence just so we can get this thing going. 
I'm surprised six, seven. I mean, it's uh, like you said, seven it's all strikeouts. It's all I don't. I mean, to me, it's a week. I, it's yeah. baseball. I and, and yeah. Josh Bell is a streaky type of player, as a lot of power hitters are. Like right. he could easily over the next week, like in these next week, he could go crazy, and all of a sudden we're laughing that we were upset at his 071 batting average. I, I honestly, True. Uh, unless it's a rookie who's just a total disaster at the plate. I don't really start looking at guys' stats until at least a month in. I, I just feel like, yeah. good or bad, I got to give a, a guy, you know, unless it's extreme. And I know he's been extremely bad so far, but the guy's got a track record. I mean, he's been a little up and down in his career, but he's got a track record of a, you know, at, at the very least, a solid major league player. And so I'm not worried about him at all. My concern level is very low. In fact, it's a zero. Because I just think wow. the guy's no, got I, it. Yeah, I, He'll be all right. I can't go there um, <laughs> just because by nature, I tend to be I, – I, I know, G. Bush, you call yourself the Duke of knee-jerk. <laughs> when it comes to baseball, <laughs> I can definitely be the Duke of knee-jerk. Um, sometimes I have to remind myself, there's 162. Bull's right, though. I've always thought that May 1st is the day that you can start looking and making observations, making real observations. Hell, you probably would be hard-pressed to find any All-Stars last year that didn't have a seven-game stretch where they hit 100. It just happens. You know, then yeah. you'd find the other, you know, the, the good thing about All-Stars is they'll also have a seven-game stretch where they hit 550. And that's what has to happen. Josh Bell has to find his rhythm. He has to, you know, and he will. He's a professional hitter. He'll figure it out. But, Bull, the only reason I can't go, I, I mean, you're a zero. The only, the only reason I can't do that is because I still think that as you as you kind of track a player's arc through his career, um, he he hit 37 home runs, which was his high. But and I know that there have been injuries involved too. But the, you know, after his 37 home run season, his production went down. So you know, I, I have to factor that in too a little right. bit, and just that's fair. You know, there's some hope that he returns to that same guy. And I, and you know, in talking to him, I can tell you that he's very confident. I don't think he's concerned at all about any of this. And you know, who knows? We, we Like you said, we might look back at this in June when he's hitting 294 with 11 home runs and laugh. I hope we do. Yeah. And, and by the way, I just, I, for whatever reason, there was a thought in my head that he's always been a bad April player. And so I actually just he looked may, it up. That may be true. I actually just looked it up. It has consistently been tied for the worst month of his career. He's always been bad. It's his, it's his second worst batting average by month. It's his worst on-base percentage by month. It's his tied for worst uh, slugging percentage by month. He, most uh, Second most strikeouts per month, all in April. For whatever reason, he's a guy who takes some time. And May and June, he usually starts getting hot. Now, we don't want to wait for him, you know, three more weeks for him to get hot. But I just think it's not uncommon for him to get off to a slow start. So maybe we'll, we'll see if we can feel a little better about that. Well, and you know what? Bull, to that point, and it's a good point. I'm glad you looked that up because I feel better about it now. He's from Texas. Yeah, and, okay. you know, it, it, in, it, in his young life, when he was starting baseball season, he was probably playing uh, early season games in 60-degree weather. Um, remember, in Seattle, it was very, very cold. In Oakland, it was extremely cold. Oh, that's cold. And so he's going he's gonna to see the same thing here, at least for today's game. I right. know next week it's supposed to warm up nicely, but – who knows? Maybe he's one of those guys, and there are a lot of them, Bull, as you know, that just warm up as the season gets right. old and as we get into summer. Some guys love to hit when it's 85 degrees 
they don't want to touch a baseball bat when it's 40 degrees. Yeah, and he's used to play, he obviously played most of his career in Pittsburgh, where it's also like us, cold in, in the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. So that 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 definitely makes right. some sense there. Um, I, I think this is a you you made a good point about we all know that here in Cleveland, football is king. This was a major mm-hmm. adjustment, even though I knew it. It was a major adjustment, as you know, for someone who lived in the New York, New Jersey area, where baseball is maybe even ahead of football. At the very least, it's tied with football for popularity. And when I was a kid, baseball was way ahead of football. Now I'd say it's probably right. tied. But you, but it's right. equal. But here, where we, yes, we have a percentage of our fan base that's diehard Guardians fans. But a lot of the fans that go to opening day in Cleveland are casual baseball fans. And they're bigger football fans. And they react to baseball games like we react to football games, which you shouldn't do. But, like, I don't want to tell a casual fan not to get worked up about it because I want you to care about baseball. (laughs) So it's hard to find that balance, right? But I do think it is important for that they got off to a good start. That's great. And even though in the grand scheme of things, even if they lose today, it really means nothing or probably means nothing unless they miss the playoffs by one game, it probably means nothing in the grand scheme of things. But to capture some of those casual fans that will be there today, it it does mean a little something for the team to win. So I hope they can get it done today because there is that element out there of like, eh, they're not going to win anything because they lose. It's silly, but it happens with some of our fans. (laughs) Silly, but that's what this fan base does. You know that because we've been punished for so many years and we've been we've been taunted too by this franchise, you know, by getting so close. And I, I agree with you 100%. I think there are two games that have bigger importance in the month of April than all the other ones. It's your season opener and it's your home opener. Mm-hmm. And I think because there's it, we're going to have a full house here today. Okay. We know that um, in all likelihood, you'll see the attendance drop off 15, 20,000 for game two tomorrow. Right, right. now. You know, I, I think the weather's supposed to be a little nicer tomorrow, and it is a Saturday. So, you know, hopefully we'll get a good crowd out. But the thing is, Bull, it's it, when you have a, a full house, you it's important that they put on a good show yep. and that the 33,000 or 35,000 people that walk to their cars when the last out is made have a good feeling about the experience. You know, when you come here and you spend 200 bucks for parking, tickets, concessions, and you leave with a 9-1 loss, I don't know. For a lot of families that are scrambling to make ends meet, they're probably less likely to drop another 200 later in the season. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Jay Freeze? Yep. We got a frozen Jay? It looks like Jay froze right before his headline. I know. We got to get to his headline. But th- that is definitely true. It was something It's like every year, and the Guardians, for whatever reason, have not been good in their home opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel they, like they maybe Justin knows the, and Justin Lott is going to be with us in a minute. I feel like they've lost like eight of their last 10 home openers. Is that it? Something like that. I mean, it, it, they've been bad. In their they've home, been very which, bad in season openers. I'm not sure about Oh, is it just a season opener? Season not openers, the home, they've been terrible. Uh, either way, they've been bad to start the season. A lot of times it's been the home opener. Most of the time the weather stinks for the right. home opener. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, which is weird because obviously, unlike the Browns, who stink in their home opener, the Browns stink most of the time, whereas the Gar- Indians slash Guardians are good most of the time. <laughs> but for some reason, they haven't been very good on opening day. And there is such a percentage of our fan base that are casual fans. And I bet you, if the team plays great today, they're more likely to go out and buy tickets for I, Saturday or Sunday games. I, I, and then with the Yankees coming next week, 
There'll be bigger crowds. This, no, this is the only shot of the Yankees. This is the only chance you're going to see the Yankees. This Cleveland, year, yeah. Well, well, yeah, in Cleveland. Yes. In Cleveland. Go ahead, Mikey. It is 1220, which means it's time to remind everybody the lunch hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is sponsored by Collie Gracing. Collie Gracing, the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. Do you remember when Jason Lloyd joined us from Arizona last week? The chat roasted him. Yeah. Yes. You hear a couple, we're going to do this with Jay, but he froze. You want to uh, hear from Jay roast real quick? That's the best part. I feel like we have to bring Jay in for the roast, don't well, we? I'm not sure if he's coming back in is the issue. All right, so let's Do you want to read them. these anyway? Or yeah, should we read, read, them, read, them, read them. Read them. Uh, Anthony's talking to me. Uh, Evan419 says, Jay, these quarterly numbers are unacceptable, Crawford. Can <laughs> <laughs> we pull a picture of Jay at least so we can see what they're referring to? Just pull up the free shot. Quarterly yep. numbers? What do you mean quarterly numbers? Uh, Corey McLaughlin. Oh, Jay looks like a sponsor for sunflower seeds. <laughs> MPC. Jay, pull me the nearest sweet please Crawford. Oh. Uh, we got Jay puts an Apple sticker over his HP logo on his laptop. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's funny. That's, that's funny. funny. Hey, that's, hey, funny. Yeah, yeah. that's funny right hey. there. That, is that means you're a poser on yeah, top yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> PMP Wee says, That's uh, what you're doing. Jay doesn't wash his hands after using the bathroom because oh, tap water. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Jay, late. Go in on Jay. I eat late. He definitely and looks like a person that washes his hands. And last but not least from Joseph Roscoe's, Jay models for community college brochures. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Jay looks like the professor at a community college. He no, does. Yeah, he, no. does he does. He yeah. does have a, We he, wanted to read those with Jay. He froze, uh, so he got off the hook. Next time he joins us remote, we will right. read some. Well, let's and see what Jay's headline is. So we're going to do headlines, headline. and we're going to bring in Justin. This was Jay's headline. Yeah, okay. And we'll go around the horn after. Savali shipwrecks Mariners again. I like it that. is time to start believing. He doubled up on again. That's only the, job. the only flaw. You only can't flaw. double up on a word. Yeah. Can't double up. And we are out I do of, it's, a good, it's a good headline, but we can't do we, again and again. We are out of practice. We can't use again again. My, my, listen, I gave him the most generic joint in the world. I'm like, I forgot we was competing in these headlines. That's right. Dang Dang should we go to Brad now, Mikey? Brad, yep. Brad next. All right, Oh, yeah. The Guardians have entered the building. Fresh off the, the, the swing from the out west. It is oh. now, but this is the only this, issue with your headline, Brad. It's all about the beaves and beavers. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about this. I'm talking about the season. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Elevate your thinking. Uh, are here. we going to go to the judges? Judges? Are we going to take the season? Elevate your thinking here. Uh, little season uh, over. You getting the uh, thumbs down from Mikey? Mikey's the Mikey can't judge nothing. <laughs> I have the best one today, guarantee. Mikey don't. Uh, oh, you did one? Guarantee, I have the best one. Today. Okay, we're going to yours now. We're going. No, we're going mine last. It's in order. G's up next. G, you're up. I don't, you know, I don't remember what I text you. <laughs> you got right, we got on the board. It was real generic. <laughs> Guards picking up where they left off. Young guns shine in the home opener. I like that. I undersold my stuff. Of course you would like it. It's I yours. Un- I undersold <laughs> it. I didn't, I, I didn't know the genius behind it. I mean, it's, it's, it's solid. <laughs> now, now it's it's very generic to me. It's now a little it's generic. Not, oh, did you catch that? He said, he didn't, he didn't understand the genius behind it. I didn't understand the genius behind it. See what I'm saying? You're pumping yourself up to genius you, now. You, you, you didn't see strong. who was a, It's all in the picture. <laughs> you're crazy. Miles Straw was in there. Listen, shout out to him, man. Yeah, wait, a, show man, me man wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> show, now show he's, claiming, he's claiming the, 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 picture. the, the picture. He didn't even do it. <laughs> he didn't even know the pictures. Now he got pictures. Young gun shot. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Who also, is on like, the right there? I can't even tell. That's that's, that's uh Quan. Quan. Oh, that's Quan. Yeah. Jimenez. And that's Oscar Gonzalez, Gonzalez and Jimenez. And yeah. Oscar Gonzalez. It's hard to tell. I like to the Anthony's little. And my uh, eyes are not as good as his. I like that. I'll come right in on All the second right, place. I, I, I'll take the second place. Nah, and good job place. by Anthony. <laughs> I, got you. My I got you. Like I got having you. three actual young players. Yeah. See that? 
he, he G got... did give me those names. I, okay. I went and got all three. Now, of to be fair, the Guardians don't have a lot of you old should... players. But never yeah. let the truth. It would have been hard to screw that up. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. Never let the truth get in the way and, of a good and, story. I got to teach you. Anthony had to sprinkle on G to make it <laughs> yeah, sell. Yeah. I got it. Okay. You I think Zanino his... and uh, Bell are the two oldest players, right? <laughs> Is Bell older than Jose? I think so. They're about the same age, at least. Uh, I, I appreciate that, Mrs. Dash, you gave me. <laughs> Bell's 30, uh, turns 31 this year, so he's older than Jose. Yeah. He put some right. Obey on right. it for you. All right, <laughs> next up, Bull. You. There's mine. <laughs> Jose, 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 Jose. Jose. I went specific. Dang. Three run bomb in the ninth leads guards to walk off win. And, and, and you gave. Now, if I get that, yeah. and by the way, even if he gets a even if he gets a solo homer or a two run homer, I get bad job out of you if it's a solo and, shot. And, and if he gets none, and, well then I'm out of luck. And, and the messed up part, you see how they did this? Then you gonna get booed. I got yeah, color. color, yeah, color you got yeah. a color. Yeah, I got color, color yeah. on my. Yeah, it's color, exploding yeah. and all kind of like, come on, man. I went from Anthony wanting to trade me to color. And there's some inside trading trading going on here. Man, as it is. I see Anthony it. was gonna trade me two months ago. when We did that uh, other segment. No, no, no. You were getting cut. Jason was getting traded. Anthony's is up next. Anthony made his own Got here. Okay. Anthony? Let's see what Anthony yeah, did. Take it. Baby, come back. Lone <laughs> Hedges fan good. is confused by Mike Zanino. <laughs> That's kind of good. <laughs> that is good. That's what is good. Anthony holding there in his right arm? What is happening? Uh, that is uh, Orange Fanta Pop from the Cavs game, I think. And he erased remember. it, too. That's crazy. By the way, I've now lived in Cleveland for approaching 12 years. It's so It's pop. And I still giggle every time somebody says pop. It's pop. See, it's not pop. soda. I yeah. still giggle. 12 yeah. years I'm living here. And even when I was in college, when I was in college at Brockport, which is halfway between Rochester and Buffalo, New York, yeah. that's the dividing line, by the way. Did you know that? What? Uh, the so dividing line between soda and pop is, is, is somewhere between, well, <coughs> it's actually between Syracuse Rochester? and Rochester. Okay. Mm -hmm. Somewhere between Syracuse and Rochester is the dividing line between soda and pop. Why it happens there, I have no idea. But I live... Six years in my college town and almost 12 years here. That's 18 of my – that's about 40% of my life. And yet I still giggle every time somebody says pop. Yeah. Does, does, I don't know what it is. Aaron, what do you say? I say soda. Wow. So so he's he's he was even born here, right? Yes. He's a Clevelander through and through. So – He says some words like a Clevelander and some words like a New Yorker. It's a, He's a mixed bag. He's yeah. a mutt. Yeah, yeah. There you what go. What are you going to do? Um – uh, by the way, you know what they call? Do you guys know what they call a you know like a sub sandwich? You know what we call it in, New, in New York? No, that's Philly. Oh, they call it something in Connecticut too. A wedge? A grinder? A gr I never heard of that one. In Connecticut, it's a grinder. What do you uh, call it? What do you call it? Hold on, a grind? What do you mean? No, 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 no. Yeah, it's Let weird. You order a New York, it's called a hero. It's real suspect. Is it a hero? You guys didn't know that? Brad, you've been around. You've lived all Man, over the I place. I that mess. <laughs> Brad, like. My favorite place. Four things. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Four hero. You got a meatball like, hero, a chicken if, farm hero. I you, know that. If, yeah. if you invite, I, I know that. If you invite me and Brad, black people don't eat anything. Like, yeah. your grandmother can make something. We'd be like, no. Nah. You no. Can't tell, you can't tell grandma. Sure no. can. I oh, sure can. can. <laughs> I will be right there. You tell him. You do it in a very polite way. Very uh, polite. Uh, All right. I'm, fair enough. I, I'll I have my headlines still. I'm, oh, let's I'm, see I'm Mikey's cool. headlines. Which is the winner I'm watching here? My I, uh, watching my weight. Yeah. Steve, right. take I, it. I got, I got a bad. I got let's see Mikey's headlines. Strong in order. 
Seattle Victims Unit. Miles Walkoff home run leaves Mariners asking questions. He's hitting his first since August. I got to give him credit. That's August 2021. Auto, his first and the sound effect, effect, too. You got auto tune on your stuff? This, this dude, you cheater. This, this dude's got V mix and all kinds of graphics. That's a nice job by That's you, Mike. That's a nice Thank one, you. bro. I mean, if Straw has a big game, you're the winner. If Straw hits a home run, I'll. Yeah, no, Straw ain't hit a home run. Let's like it crazy. He hasn't hit a home run. By the way, he's the best seasons. player in the team. I'm more likely to hit a home run than Straw. Miles Straw, the best player in the team. Not and what, 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 <laughs> what police logo is that? City of Cleveland? Yeah. Okay. Anthony made it. I checked so. it. That's all. Well done, fellas. Hey, listen, how well many done. hours did McNuggets have you in here changing up that stuff? That took you 30 minutes. All right. We're going to bring in Justin Lotta now. Uh, he, but first, he, he's while we here bring in Justin. From the Locked On Guardians podcast. But first, yes, Mikey, go while ahead. While we bring in Justin, I want to remind everybody the lunch hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is sponsored by Colleague Racing, the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. Later this month, the Great Lake Collectors Convention presented by Greeny Sports Card is taking over the Fieldhouse in Independence, Ohio, April 14th through the 16th. It's where the passions of sports fans, collectors, and sports talk enthusiasts collide. 50,000 square feet of ball card bliss, hundreds of display tables, card shop live theater with interactive appearances from the region's most notable sports media members, including G. Bush, Adam the Bull, Jay Crawford, and many, many more. Great cards, great location, great show. Tickets on sale now at greenysportscards.com, and you can win some free tickets by heading to wkyc.com slash contest. We're giving her out giving out four VIP passes for the weekend and 20 free admission tickets. Check it out, wkyc.com slash contests. By the way, I was looking, and this is going to be a really fun event in uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend, so come join us there. I was looking to see when Tanner Bybee was going to make his first start, and then I saw your tweet that he's starting today, right? Yeah, he starts tonight for Columbus. He was supposed to start last night, but right. then they had a rain out the other night, and they pushed everybody back a day, so okay. he's starting a doubleheader today for them. Do you agree, Justin, that do you think he's the first of their big arms to come up? It's going to be tough. Like, it depends on the machinations of the 40-man roster, right? Because he's not on the 40. Things are super tricky right now. 40. Yeah, like Joey Cantillo's on the 40, but I don't think he's quite ready. they got to be careful with him. Yeah. And what we saw them do with last year with, like, Bo Naylor, Will Brennan, a bunch of guys that had to be on the 40 this coming year. Yeah. They got them up early into the, the, the team to help them out. So, like, Logan Allen's in that position this year. He pitched really well last night. So I kind of wonder if Logan Allen maybe ends up being the first guy. But Tanner Bybee is going to, I think, push himself up to the top of that conversation, and we will see him this year. And by the way, again, for those who don't realize, this is not the same Logan Allen that was here before. Yeah, yes. like I, when he said that, I was yeah. like, wasn't he just here like yeah, two yeah. days ago? This is a different Logan yeah, Allen. Yeah, he's, he's slightly younger. It's actually three Logan Allens. There was one for yeah. Tampa Bay. They just caught him. I said, oh, the Guardian should uh, pull off the trifecta and sign oh, the other oh. Logan Allen. <laughs> Confuse everybody. Bring them now. all in. So, okay, so we'll see about that. We were talking earlier about Savali and Plesak, and let's start with Plesak in particular. He was awful in his first start. I'm sure you agree you don't write a guy off of the one start, but of all their pitchers, I got the least faith in him. Is, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I think he's got a short leash. I mean, it wasn't good last year. He's had some self-inflicted injuries, you know, too, so that kind of right. plays into things. And if they had more depth, if they had more guys to look at, I think he could be on a tighter leash. I think the Tristan McKenzie injury really affects things. No doubt. You know, if Tristan McKenzie's healthy, I feel like the leash could be a little bit tighter on him. Um, but now you've got, you know, Curry in the bullpen, who was supposed to be in AAA, and Gaddis, who's in the bullpen, or in the yeah. rotation now, who was going to be the bullpen because of the Cody Morris injury. So all those right. things affect that. So that's going to give Plesak a lot longer of a that's look true. To, to turn it around. But, you know, they're going to be careful. There's a lot of innings to cover. It's a long season. Curry did pitch well out of the pen the other day. I can't remember which game that was. But he went five innings, and he, yeah. I thought he looked pretty good. 
Yeah, he gave up one run. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Do you? Who do you? So we, we just bull hates Miles Straw. Well, he doesn't I don't hate, hate him. him. He I don't, don't hate, hate him. He, he 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 likes his glove. He feels his stick. I, I just I'm not going to get carried away over one week. The guy is not a particularly good hitter. Now, listen, I'm not saying get. I, I'm fine with him. I'm just last year when you had three holes in the lineup, it was bad. If he's your seventh best hitter, it's a problem. I'm fine with him being their ninth best hitter, can, which is what he is. Can, obviously, it hasn't been in the first. Obviously, week, but. I don't think what he's doing at the plate is sustainable. Um, do you think wh- where are you? Where's your margin for him? Where do, you know? Where does he have to hit for you to say, okay, he's the mainstay in this lineup still? I don't worry about the average. Like, if he has a 320 on base, yeah. that's great. Out of your nine hole, because what? He leads the American League or major leagues in stolen bases yep. right now. Mm-hmm. If you're getting your nine guy on base 32% of the time, that's pretty good. Like, if he was hitting your, being a leadoff hitter like he was to start the year last year, that's probably not great. But he also brings a lot of defense. He has that contract. You know, it's, it's, I think he's going to be fine. I think, you know, he had a really strong April last year, too. If you go look it up, he had a great April. And then the rest of the summer, he kind of teetered yeah. off. Yeah. And he recovered at the end of the season. He played well in September. And yeah. I think he was pretty good in the Yankees series. They didn't have a ton of great hitters in the playoffs, but right. he was good in the Yankees series. So I think, you know, he had a good start last year. And if, as long as he's getting on base like third, at a 320 clip, he'll help them out. Yeah. So just let me ask you, because I was asking Jay earlier, what do you, what do you think the, the panic uh, point comes for this season? If, uh, if, if I asked Jay if he divided into three, uh, into thirds, where does the panic point come in? What kind of record leads you to start thinking that this is this is not going to go well? I don't know if there's a specific record I would think about. I think it's what is the old saying, Memorial Day is when you really start looking at the standings. Yeah. So see where they are Memorial Day and see where your competition is. The Twins are off to a good start. If the Twins are you know, marginally ahead on Memorial Day, then you could start thinking, okay, they've got a, a lot of ground to make up. Or if the White Sox, the White Sox aren't off to the greatest start. They had a good start, but they're not playing great since that mm-hmm. first series. So I would say Memorial Day is that old adage where you start looking at the standings, see where you are. And I know they're not looking at the standings in the clubhouse, you know, very consistently, but I would say Memorial Day, Okay. you know, how, how many games are you back by the start right, of June right. when summer really starts to begin? Uh, James Karinchek off to a rough start. Obviously he, that first appearance, he completely imploded after he had that automatic uh, strike called or automatic ball called against him and the crowd went just bananas. You worried about him at all? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, those are the things that we thought the rules were going to impact him the most. Yeah. And you know, I, I think it's interesting they gave Trevor Stephan that contract extension. Mm-hmm. Him and Karinchak are the same age. They generally have the same amount of control left contractually. So the interesting thing they went to Stephan for that extension and not not Karinchak. Yeah. So I do think these rules could impact him, you know, quite a bit. I, I think he'll he won't be as bad as that, but will he be as good as he was in years past? I don't know. I think they're also, I think part of it too, don't you think, is they're, like, the Guardians don't like guys that are <laughs> demonstrative. <laughs> uh, like, you know, they wanted Bauer out of it. They had, they had had enough of his shenanigans. Like, same thing with Clevenger. I think Plesak could be in that same type of group. And Karachek's also, he's kind of a little bit of a crazy guy. And he says wacky things. And they don't love guys like, they don't like the, anybody saying anything controversial. Unpredictability, right? Yes. That's probably their biggest they thing. Don't like they don't like They want someone they can predict personality-wise yeah. and on the field. And I think he's, he's usually quieter. I mean, he's quite a, he was never really like a, a very talkative guy in the minors. He's, yeah. you know, been opened up a lot more now. But I guess he is the most, you know, unpredictable, I would I would assume. So, yeah, yeah that's probably I mean, not Trevor Steffen, like, I, don't even, I can't even think what his voice sounds like. I don't know if I've heard him talk. I probably have, but I, but I can't think of it. Overall, 
Um, I think when you look, I think the, the Guardians, you know, you're always looking for an edge, right? When, the, when analytics started, it was the small, the lower payroll. I'd say small market because that's bogus. But the smaller payroll teams that were looking for an edge. And now I, I think the Guardians have gotten out in front on putting the ball in play again, base running, moving. And now the rules are just favoring teams that do that. But also, I think when it comes to bullpen, like when the Mets signed Edwin Diaz this offseason, and I'm not saying this because he got hurt. I said it at the time. I think spending tons of money on the bullpen is stupid because even the best relief pitchers, as we all know, with rare exceptions, Mariano Rivera, Trevor Hoffman, they could be great. Emmanuel Classe could be bananas, the best reliever in baseball for three years. That fourth year, he could have a six ERA. It's the most unpredictable thing. They're good at developing arms. Why would you ever spend a ton of money? And I think they've, I don't think we'll ever see the Guardians spend a ton of money in the bullpen again, ever. No, I'd have to agree. I mean, we also didn't know if they'd spend $100 million on two players you know, a couple of years would. ago. Right. Yeah, so that's a surprise yeah. to all of us. No, I can't ever see them. They've never paid for no. relief pitching. Like Boone Logan in 2017 is the only guy externally I can think of they've ever really spent money on, and that didn't work out very well for them. So there, there's your point. Yeah, I mean, they have done such a good job. They do this, and the Rays are the two organizations that stand out, is they get guys before they become expensive, they, they signed some extensions here and there. I mean, the, the combination of Ramirez and Jimenez together is even out of the norm for them, as you say. But even with those two guys, they're not signed till 36, 37, 38. Most of these big contracts, you're signing guys till they're almost 40. They're never going to do that. They like to spend money on guys who are in their prime or young. And then when they get the most out of them, let somebody else pay them in their mid-30s. That's smart baseball. It pisses off the fans sometimes. Oh. But nine times out of ten, it's smart baseball. Do, do you think they got enough uh, enough power um, to compete? I, I think they, they can make the playoffs. But when you say you talk about winning the World Series, do they have enough power to do that? I hate to say it rests on one player like Josh Bell because you guys are talking about how he was struggling. I mm-hmm. hate to say it rests on one guy, but, you know, he's a big factor in that. Josh Naylor hit the ball hard. Um, I don't know how much you guys like talking about exit velocity, but he's he's hit the ball a lot harder so far to start the year. You know, Jimenez could have a little more pop. We know Jose can hit 30 home runs, but Josh Bell is kind of that guy in the middle. I feel like if they had Josh Bell, like the first half Josh Bell, he stunk when he went to San Diego last year, and he's he's mm-hmm. yeah, yes. kind of rolling over so far. Yeah. But like you said, he's usually pretty bad in April. But I feel like if they would have had the good version of Josh Bell, the one that was in Washington last year, yeah. they beat the Yankees. So I think they really truly were – a guy like that away from moving on to the next round. And if he can be the guy he was in Washington last year or this year, I think they'll have enough power. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get more power at a catcher. We know that. You know, assuming Zanino stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think right field's a question mark. Like, how much power are you going to get out of that? What's the combo going to be? What's that going to look like? I, I Listen, in a perfect world, they'd go get a, a proven right fielder and they'd go get one more proven starter. It's not a perfect world. That's really the only two things I could see them needing. So there's many other teams need a lot more than that. I don't. I think there's a thought out there that you can't win without power anymore. Like in the NFL, I'm like, you can't win without a top quarterback, right? And I think a lot of people look at baseball the same way. You can't win without a without power. I'm not sure because, like I said, it's really the Rays and the Guardians that play this way. All the other teams that don't have power don't have power because they're they're just bad teams. The Guardians and Rays are the only good teams that don't have power. And both those teams have consistently gone to the playoffs. And so I don't know, like, I'm not, I, I think the Guardians, I think it's wrong to say, well, they can't win unless they hit more home runs. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm not convinced of that. I know it's harder to string together hits in the playoffs because in theory you're facing better pitching. But I do think the American League at the top, and usually we look at the Yankees and the Astros, is not quite as good as it's been. I, what do you think about that? I don't think the Astros are as good as last year. I don't think the Yankees are. I know they, they've they added some, but they're old. They already got 10 guys on the DL. They're going to have a lot of injuries. Yeah, the Yankees' rotation is already decimated. Yes. The Astros lost Justin Verlander. Yep. They and still McCullers got good, is hurt. Yeah, McCullers is hurt. He's been hurt. Yeah, they, there's a lot of questions there, absolutely. And I think you're right. You don't have to be at the top of the, the league in power. Right. But, I mean, the only team in baseball that hit less home runs last year than Cleveland was Detroit. Right. We know Detroit stinks. Yeah. So, I think you don't need to be, like, hitting – you don't have to have an Aaron Judge in your lineup, be right. top 10 in power. I don't know if you can consistently be 29th in the league in power. I think I, that's – you know, you have to move up a little bit. Probably, I think. Yeah. but I just, I don't know if we have any sample size to know for sure because the Guardians are the well, only team, maybe the Rays. I mean, but where were the Rays? They were pretty low too, weren't they? They were like middle, yeah, they were like middle they of the pack middle, or close okay. to bottom I, 10. Has there ever been a, I wouldn't call it a small ball. There has back in the day, yeah, but, but I mean, in recent in, years, in, no. In recent, because no. I'm trying to think about a team who just said, all right, we're going to steal bases, we'll move runners, we're going to uh, put the ball in I play. I mean, the Cardinals had teams the like that back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, but in recent years, yeah. But that, but there aren't a lot of teams playing that way these days. Right. So that's why I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I think that's it has more to do with that guys are not playing that way more than it can't be done. But yes, I do think you want to be at least, the Guardians are never going to be near the top in power, at least not with their current roster. Because, you know, Quan and Straw, those guys aren't hitting it for any power. Right, you're not getting any power. Rosario doesn't hit for much power, but they're good, especially Rosario and Quan are really good players. You want them to play every day offensively. Uh, so, but yeah, if they can get to middle of the pack, I think they can absolutely win the World Series this year. And it really matters what they do in the postseason. You know, who cares about what your power numbers are in the regular season? Because yeah. once you get to October, none of that matters. And I know there's stats out there. I don't have them off the top of my head. But, you know, a large percentage of your your runs in the postseason come from home runs. Right, that's true. You know, true. because you're getting through on homers. Look what yep. the Yankees did. Mm-hmm. I think Cleveland had more hits in that series yeah. against the Yankees, but yeah. the Yankees had more right. through on homers. So you just need that timely one. That's why I say Josh Bell, you know, I hate to say it's, it rests on one player, but, yeah. you know, that's but you're a not worried. You wouldn't be about not being worried about him, right? Oh, not at all. He's yeah. still walking, too. That's the important thing. Do you guys yeah. remember how long we went through this with Carlos Santana? Yes. You know, bad April. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd be he'd be hitting like 150 with a 380 on base. And by the end of the year, he was fine. He was fine. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, They're I, very yeah. similar players. I think he'll hit some home runs. All right, what's your uh, favorite opening day memory there, Justin? Man, I've got so many. Uh, this is my 18th straight opening day that I've gone to. I started going in 2005. Hey, that's a for nice home opener. Nice home opener. Street, okay. Buddy. Yeah, not wow, season. I like that. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I like yeah. that. That's yeah. crazy. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I went to a lot with my dad. My dad, I hate to bring this up on the air. My dad just just passed away this week, but oh, he, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want to bring the mood. He's down, the one but, that brought the love of baseball. Yeah. Right? So yeah. 18 straight years. This was my first without him. So uh, have tough. to say, going all those years with him was good. I was at the snow opener. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. That was pretty wow. rough to start through. Um, what was it? The year Michael Brantley after he came back from the injury, 2017, he had the walk off hit. Yeah. That was a cool moment. And yeah. then. You know, 2021 was a weird year because we didn't have the, the season in 2020 right, and no one yeah. was there. Mm-hmm. And then 2021 was like, I don't know, a quarter full. Yeah. So that was really weird to be at, yes. but it was nice to be back. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's have cool. a great time out there. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll talk appreciate to you again soon. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having Justin me. Justin Lott, checked on the Locked On, check out the Locked On Guardians podcast. Uh, he loves he loves baseball. And condolences to your dad. Very, yeah, very absolutely. sorry. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks again, right, Justin. And that interview was brought to us by Colleague Racing, the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. When we bring Justin out, let me tell you guys about the membership platform and program of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. 
For just $1.99 a month, you can become a Starters Tier member of UCSS that gets you loyalty badges, custom emojis, and members-only community posts for the big ballers out there. For $4.99 a month, less than 5 bucks a month, less than $60 for the entire year, you get put in the Coaches Tier. That gives you all the same Starter Tier perks, plus overtime videos, member shoutouts, discount codes for merch, and much more, including the opportunity to sh uh, text with Jason Lloyd and others for select Cavs, Guardians games, etc. It is worth the price of admission, I promise you, for overtime today. As we do every Friday, we answer your viewer questions. we got a couple of great ones so far, but we're going to make it quick today so we can get down to progressive field with Justin and the rest of the uh, Guardians fans to enjoy. Bull, we got 15 minutes left. Yeah. He just asked Justin his favorite opening day memories. What are some of your guys' favorite home opener memories? Um, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about it now, and I'm realizing – that I, I never went to an opening – I've been to opening days like as a media member covering mm -hmm. the Guardians and sitting in the press box, but that's not the same as being no. a fan and going mm -hmm. to the game. Right. I've never gone to an opening day game for the Guardians as a fan, and I've never – and as, since I didn't grow up in Chicago as a Cubs fan growing up, I never went to opening day, and I've missed, I missed that experience – but the last couple of years, I've taken Aaron out of school for, for like, home openers to, to watch him on TV. But I don't know. So, I don't have that memory, like, my dad and I going to opening day. Do you guys have that? No, because for me, uh, I don't, I've never done opening day. Game. Yeah. Why? Because the opening day in Cleveland is always cold, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I refuse to go to a game where I'm going to sit outside and be cold. So, I'd rather <laughs> pick that up later on when it's warmer, right? So, I can enjoy myself. Because, I, 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 for me, I do the same thing for football. I said, I'm not a proponent for sitting out at the Browns game and when it's when it's cold. I'm not doing that. Mm -mm. It's not it's like not. I would never mm -mm. like doing them pregame shows like it's it's horrible because you, you might as well be outside. We out there at nine. You out there to muni a lot of people, yeah. but my but my best uh, experience was man and we I never go. So first in full disclosure, I never got to stay home for nothing. Like my mom's like, if school open, you're you in. going. It, like you know, last week of school, people don't be there. Like people just be like, yeah, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'll be there with the teacher. Yeah, you going all the way to the last day. So this happened to be so in '94, the Indians. People don't remember the day was they was good before the strike happened, right? right. So right. they was like in first place. They was battling with the White Sox, um, and then so that year strike happens. Season's done. The next year, they come back. 95 opening day. They had the, the all whites on with the with the with the Indians across the chest. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, for some reason, I don't know if I was legitimately sick or how I got this off, but I was able <laughs> to be at the crib. And I'm like, man, I like so I didn't have no cable in my room. So I'm watching. I'm, I, I got the old school prong system with the rabbit ears. Okay. So we got the joints. You know, you put the rabbit ears on the right. prongs in the right. back. Man, I for some reason, I don't know how I was getting this. My TV never came in as clear. Man, I had about 55 percent color. Yeah, clarity. Clarity. I said, bro, this was this is this is yeah, HD. Clarity. This yeah. is HD as it's gonna come. I watched that game, man. I was so pumped. I was up there sitting around my room. Yeah. Uh, they ended up losing that game, by the way. Right. But that year was like I can remember that year because at the point that point, the Browns wasn't here, and I was so I was just so excited that we had anything. 
Right. And, and I knew the Guardians was or the Indians was going to be the best thing moving. And then that 95 year came mm -hmm. around. I think my whole family watched every single like that Damn. was available. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was the start of it. To, you know, Justin mentioned the 2017 opener. Yeah, obviously, um, in 2016, they went to the World Series. There was the heartbreak for fans of losing the World Series, blowing a 3-1 lead. The Guardian, the Indians went out and spent money that offseason. You remember they went and got uh, um, Edwin Encarnacion. Mm. What, when, did they, when did they get born to Swisher? That was before that. That was a few years before that. Was that. Those, those were the two of the worst moves they made, and I liked them both at the time. I loved them. <laughs> loved them. They were both total flops, disasters. But um, on opening day, Justin mentioned it. Coming off that, you know, a great season that ended with disappointment. And then the Guardian, I don't remember what the date was, but it was like a late home opener because the Guardians had started, I think they had played like seven, eight games on the road to start that season. It was against the White Sox and Brantley doubles to score Lindor. Mm -hmm. And everybody went nuts because obviously on opening day, there's a huge crowd. Mm -hmm. And it was a good feeling. And remember the 2017 Indians, they were they were actually in the regular season a way better team than the 2016 Indians. Yeah, they were. Remember they had that huge winning streak. They huge. They won, they won like 20 like something. 20 in a, in a row or 21. I can't remember now how many and, games it was. But they won. Then they got smoked. Smoked in the playoffs. They yeah. lost to the Astros. It was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was ugly, and I was going nuts. But <laughs> it was a hell of a fun season. It was uh, until that point, and and I know the question was because they that winning streak was late. It was like into September. Because everybody, everybody was in. It was the most I'd ever seen people into regular season baseball in Cleveland. And now, because I remember they was doing a promotion. It was a window company or something. I think the window company it was giving away free windows, like basically. something about till the winning streak <laughs> ended. Winning or streak was yeah, yeah, yeah. So they was like, yeah, it was crazy. We no just, money down, no financing. Come here, give me some extra windows, bro. <laughs> And, and they 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 did it to the winners. I think it was yeah. 22, 23 games or something like that. What? But go ahead, Mikey. I have two more things I want to get to about yeah. the Guardians. Okay. This breaking news, as of the last two minutes, it's silly breaking news of breaking news. Oh. Take a tag board. The Guardians have unveiled the championship belt for the 2023 hot dog derby races oh. this year. How You're, do I win that? I want to win that belt at some point this is year. Is that like is Joey Chestnut in this competition? No, I think it's for the no, you know, mustard, ketchup, and onions. The race oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's a championship belt. I think it'll be handed out daily. That's a belt? It does, oh, I see. It's on yeah, the it's, base, It's, it's right? kind of like G's belt. It's just you can't see it wrapped around. Right, right, right. So yeah. I want that belt at some point. Shout out to, shout out to Curtis. They're stealing your idea. Yeah, they stole that. Curtis I got that from when he was here. Shout out to, but listen, we we working on a deal. He yeah. told me when I give my mascot, he going to let my mascot come and run with, 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 with their mascot. Oh, good. I like so, that. So, like, yeah, you lucky I see. You're lucky I had to buy something. Yeah. You was out of here. I ooh, Paxton is on the move. What are the odds of, of mustard winning the belt this year? Plus ten thousand? They'd be doing. They'd Isn't be, mustard the one that always mustard's loses? the one that never won last year? I mustard think, the one never the one never won. Yeah, I think it's like WWE where they write storylines. Yeah. So right. I would expect mustard to have a big bounce back. You know. You think so? I think mustard. But mustard's like plus ten thousand in Vegas. Yeah, very low odds. Uh, last one I want to ask you guys. Well, yeah. you put this in our chat yesterday. Yeah. And I have not been here long enough to know whether it's true or not. So I'm curious what you guys take. Okay. Is Progressive Field and is the Cle Cleveland home fan base, does that give the Guardians a true home field advantage? Or do you not believe in home field advantage in baseball whatsoever? I, Go I, ahead. I, I would Greg. say this. I yeah. said uh, in the Guardians slash Indians heyday. In the 90s. When yes. It, when it was rocking and, and capacity every night. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was definitely a home field advantage. There oh, was no yeah. question. You couldn't come into Cleveland yeah. and not expecting some smoke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. now 
you know, we are to a point where we come like last year. We didn't really start coming till late, right? Yeah, we didn't right. Start getting, so right. it was really on the players, right? So it's not much of a, a home field advantage as it could be, right? They're hopeful that through this new stadium redesign and making it more fan friendly and speeding the game up, that people are going to return here. But right. it's always going to depend upon the home field advantage. It's always going to depend upon the product on the field. Right. I, I will say back in the day, when you had that lineup. It, it, you, you would have to you would have to come into Cleveland and the lineup was just it, you, you, there was never enough runs. You had to beat the you had to beat the Indians by eight because right at any given time they could get Lofton and started off. Kenny Lofton up oh, Kenny's on now all of a sudden Omar get on now you got guys that can run a little bit. Now you got three through seven that can hit two three run home some runs. points three through nine three was. through nine at some point. <laughs> So it was yeah. it was crazy. It was it was just rocking. That was a then. very different team. We talk about not enough power. That team had more than enough oh, power. Uh, they didn't have the whoa. pitching that these teams have had. But they had the, the, they had the sticks. They listen. I wasn't around in those days. Obviously, it seemed like watching it on TV. There was a major home field advantage. What's interesting is uh, hold on. Before you, yeah. what, what was the, what was the as you living outside the market? What yeah. was what was the perception? Of watching the Indians back then. Oh, as a massive as baseball a, yeah. fan, I loved watching them play. I what's funny is I almost always rooted for the National League. As a National League fan, I almost always rooted for the National League in the World Series. But even though I had no connection or allegiance to Cleveland at the time, I rooted for the Indians in both of those World Series against the Braves and 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 the Marlins. Especially the Marlins won. Well, the Braves won I didn't like because they were always really good. Yeah. That ticked me yeah. off. But the Marlins, I was like, the Marlins, they shouldn't win a World Series. Like, I, as a Cubs fan, and I always thought this was like, the only thing that got screwed up was the Cubs and the Indians playing in the World Series. Because until then, I felt like the Cubs and Indians fans were like the same. Right, right, Because right. they had gone forever without winning. Once the Red Sox won especially, it was like, we're the only two fan bases that haven't won in forever, so we can root for each other. But unfortunately, it happened the way it did. But I rooted for the Indians in both those World Series. I loved watching those teams play. It, as a kid watching, you know, and I was in my 20s in those years, but I thought those teams were super fun to watch. Right, right. And I watched them as often as I could. It wasn't easy to, to, to see them. Yeah. You know, I didn't have cable in those days. But uh, as much as I could, I would watch them. And I certainly rooted for both of those teams because I didn't want to see some Marlins team that just came into baseball winning the World Series, and unfortunately they didn't. But the interesting thing, I, and I'm curious for you guys, is – in 2016 for the World Series, the games in Cleveland, it was not a home field advantage. No. Because no. there were as many Cubs fans as Indians fans. Oh, that's, yeah, that's but in 95-97, <laughs> like in, in 95 and 97, the Braves and the Marlins, especially the Marlins, but even the Braves, those fan bases don't, don't travel. Have, it's not like the Cubs, mm -hmm. yeah. which is just a couple hours away, a lot of money in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So it probably felt like a much bigger home advantage for those World Series without being here. Yeah. It uh, and in general, I think Cleveland fans do a great job of making noise at our stadiums yes. slash arenas. Yes. I, I think I think the the Cavs have a home court advantage. Yes. Uh, Loudville is literally loud. I think it's just the way the place is built. Yes. And I think they did a good job of not selling it out. Like all the corporate guys when LeBron was here, sometimes yeah. it had a corporate feeling where Guys was too too you know had too many many bags of money right, right. to yeah. be sitting down there going crazy. 
Now you see a lot of regular guys, yeah. regular people down there. That's good. I think when you talk about, you know, uh, the playoff games against the Yankees, that last year, that place was loud as hell. It was. It was it loud. Was, which is tough because obviously New York got a lot of money. Yeah. Maybe I think Yankee fans for an ALDS are not going to travel as much as the Cubs fans for a World Series because the Yankees have been in the playoffs so many right, right. times. But I think that was just an unfortunate, unique circumstance. But in general, I think there is all like the Brown Stadium sucks. So yeah, it, yeah, the sound is bad. It's, it's bad. Everything it's, stinks. But well, but, there is there is a stat I was looking at it the yeah. other day. Don't they take it like uh, like when it's all looking at it, it's like an advanced metric when they take a look at good baseball hitting ballparks. Like they take a look at yeah, and yeah, rank sure. them. Yeah. Uh, is is progressive field a medium ballpark? Is it a hitter's ballpark? I, you know, or is it a it, would you classify? I, it? I can't remember because I haven't looked at the list in a while. I, I, I want to say it's it's kind of middle of the road. I don't think it's a huge favor of either the hitting of the pitch. I think it's a fair park. Okay. I think it's a middle of the road fair park. Now if you there's play- not that we with it's like, you know, at Wrigley Field, when the wind's blowing out, it's a huge hitter's park. And when the wind's blowing in, it's a big pitcher's park. Or, or Today, Yankees. you know, Jake talked about the wind blowing in from right. Mm-hmm. So, for lefties, it'll be tricky to get it out of here. But I think it plays kind of neutral. Am I wrong, Mike? What, what, so no, you are not wrong. It yeah. is also Friday. And yeah. until 1256, I had forgotten about this. What's that? And this is the thing we're missing with Earl. But I got to give you guys your call of gracing report Let's for the go. upcoming week. Wrap us up with that. The Xfinity series is off. So, that takes that off my plate. Yeah. The Cup Series is at the one NASCAR track I know. They're at Bristol Motor Speedway this uh, weekend Bristol. for the Food City Dirt Race. A.J. Allmendinger has had success there in the past. I know that because I used to work in Bristol, and I covered the race where Allmendinger finished in the top 10. So he's got some good experience there at the fastest half mile in the world. The race is Sunday, nine, uh, 7 p.m., excuse me, Sunday, April 9th on Fox. Check out Allmendinger, the other colleague racer. Should be a great race. How's that? There you go. Good job there with the NASCAR there report. There it is. All right. Some we got fi- two minutes. So. All right. Some final thoughts. By the way, one one of my I mentioned this I think a couple weeks ago, but one of my favorite <coughs> memories in my 12 years here going to to games is being at the Guardians game. I believe it was 2014 when they they won their last 10 or 11 games to make the wild card mm-hmm. against Tampa Bay. Yep, I remember and Jason that. Giambi hit a walk off home run. One of the last games of the year it was the last week. And I was just out. I was in the outfield with just a bunch of guys, and we were watching the game as a, as a fan. And when he hit that walk-off home run, like he was at the end of his career, and he came here he and he was done, right? He was, right. But he hit this home run, and the, there was probably only fifteen thousand people in the crowd. It was the loudest fifth. It was the loudest fifteen thousand people I ever heard. Go ahead, Mikey. No, I said we got one minute left. One minute left. It was the loudest I'd ever heard a crowd of that. Like it wasn't that many people, but everybody. <coughs> we were all high fiving. That's, that's, that the, that's the last year the Pirates was good. They still they had McCutcheon. Was that that had to be like 2014, right? Yeah. Well, they, no, they were still good after that because the Cubs played them in the uh, wild card game in 2015. Because yeah. I went to that game in Pittsburgh, yeah. and I remember a guy sitting behind me was screaming that they should try to cut Jake Arrieta's head off. That's <laughs> <laughs> sorry to end on that. There you go. Don't cut anybody's head off. That's my advice. Aaron, don't ever cut anybody's head off. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? We're getting taken into therapy tomorrow. Uh, all right, uh, fan questions coming up in overtime next. Everybody enjoy the game. Go Guardians! We'll see you on Monday or in overtime. That's actually actually actually.